Welcome to Real Time with Ankita. This podcast is intended to serve as a resource for individuals, families, couples, and friends who have been victims or have been impacted by mass shootings. So in the last two episodes, we've looked at the impact of mass shootings on individuals and the impact of mass shootings on couples and friends. Uh, so in today's episode, which will be the last episode of this series, we're going to be looking at the impacts on family. So we'll look at a couple of theories. So the first theory we're going to look at is multiple attachments. So this is one of the attachment theories and it basically talks about how after nine months of age, an individual begins to form strong emotional bonds with others like grandparents, siblings, um, uncles, aunts. And so like their caregivers now are no longer just their parents and um it extends to other people in the family depending on the bonds that they form so in terms of the connection to mass shooting so when an individual from a family um is either killed or injured or been um in the event of a mass shooting um it doesn't just impact them it also impacts um the family and it impacts especially the people who in the family who have strong bonds with them so for example um, I have a personal story, actually. Um, my cousin, who I'm very close with, um, was um, present in a situation where it wasn't necessarily a mass shooting, but it was um, like a terror um, group who was shooting in the vicinity where she was. And actually, she saw um, quite some traumatizing things. And um when we when we got to know that she was present in the situation i especially was very worried um anxious um i kept hoping that she would be come out safe and that she would um no harm would be done to her um and even after she came out of the situation um successfully and she wasn't harmed or injured um i felt like it left an impact on me because um I was always worried about her. I kept um hoping that wherever she was, she was um doing okay, that she was safe. Um I also had to call her a couple of times just to make sure that she was in a good spot mentally. Um and so yeah, um and that was because we have such a strong bond and um I had that attachment to her. So if something were to happen to her, it would affect me um immensely so looking at another perspective um or rather another theory um if we look at parenting styles so um there's the most common parenting style i think is authoritative and basically in this parenting style parents are warm and responsive they have clear rules they're supportive um and more positive things and the associated outcome is usually more self-esteem better social skills less mental health illnesses and lower delinquency so i think that after um uh, an event such as a mass shooting has happened and let's say um your child was in that um some parents um no longer able to continue with this parenting style um and i think it changes more to an authoritarian um style which basically in that the parent is unresponsive they um expe- they accept expect blind obedience um they have very strict rules and the associated outcome is 
um, lower self-esteem, mental illnesses, drug or alcohol abuse, um, and the sort. Um, And I think that this change in parenting style could be an impact of the mass shooting because um, basically, like, the parent themselves are still not able to deal with the... um, uh, thing the the situation that their child was in so in um like an automatic outcome maybe that they're unresponsive because them themselves are still um slightly traumatized from that and um let's say like one of their child gets um killed in a mass shooting um we may see like this change in parenting style with the other ch- children that they have or if let's say their child did survive then um their um, parenting style changes for this child, maybe more specifically, um, because they are overprotective now of their child, right? They, um, they think that their strict rules and, um, blind obedience will protect their children from a, um, situation like this. And obviously in, if they're not able to communicate with their parents after being in such a trauma, uh, traumatic situation, or if, if there's no longer, a bond with um their um other children um because they're so traumatized from this event um their children may turn to drug or alcohol alcohol abuse because um like that's a easier way to deal with the immense emotions or the things that they can't talk about with their parents that's a way of dealing with it so um mass shootings on families um have like a huge impact like on their day-to-day life um a lot of families um are they lose that communication they lose obviously that happiness um because um they've obviously lost a family member which is never easy um the bond we create with our family is um very like um important um and we basically like spend almost our whole life with our par- like with our families because it starts from like when we're born till like an at least eighteen years of age, which is um quite a lot um so uh, a lot of um parents go into depression if they lose their child, which um kind of like uh, impacts their mental health they can't focus on their work um uh, if they have other children, they are unable to focus on them properly, and in result, the children may go off tracks. They may lose direction because they no longer have their parents' guidance with them. Um, also, like siblings, are impacted a lot because um, if you have like a strong bond with your sibling, um, you talk to them about everything, um, and now you no longer have that. Um, a lot of uh, siblings don't know who they should talk to now or how to deal with the emotions that they feel and they don't feel like it's adequate enough to talk um, with their parents. Um, if we look at the impacts on norms, roles and social institutions, once again, it's quite similar to the ones we talked about the other two episodes. So um, intense media, obviously, once again, um, intense media coverage is um, one of the biggest norms during uh, such situation and this can impact families because they may be in the media a lot um, in the sense that they, they're people who are um, coming with cameras 
trying to talk to them about the situation and them themselves aren't able to cope with the situation yet and they're having to answer to other people they're having to talk to other people about um such a thing which is um difficult um also um a lot of the attention is placed on the criminal which um could impact families because um obviously they just lost a loved one they do not want to be hearing about the criminal they do not want to be um they're, they're very angry at the criminal so um that could uh, impact them negatively um for as as for the positive impacts once again social media platforms raising awareness ha- um providing resources and support could be something that helps families actually because um there may be other families who have gone through something similar um and they could talk to them and connect with them um actually quite recently in the parkland uh, school shooting um a lot of families came together and they were able to relate to one another they were able to like talk to each other um because they went through the same thing they lost children or had children who got injured in a similar thing and when protesting gun laws they were able to come together as um a united front and um trying uh protest for change so looking at roles um once again um journalists uh have a huge role in this journalists and media um because um they're basically informing the rest of the people about what has happened and um if they're informing the rest of the people about wrong things this could like um aggravate a situation with families because um obviously you want people to know the truth about what happened you want to get justice for your family members and so when you have media spreading wrong um information that could be situation that aggravates you um once again presidents and prime ministers and the way they react to such a uh, situation has a huge role because um families a lot of families actually in America do not want um gun- guns to be so available and um I talk about America because that's where um mass shootings happen most often and a lot of families don't want gun laws to be so um open they want um there to be stricter laws on guns and so um Donald Trump for example is a president who um doesn't want to do anything about gun laws he wants to in fact ease on them even more than they already are and that angers a lot of parents um looking at social um institutions so family obviously is a huge social institution involved in mass shootings and basically um family members impact each other in such a situation so if you your family is able to come together and deal with this together it obviously makes it slightly easier compared to if um you had a family who you know stop communicating everyone doesn't want to talk it makes it harder on the whole family because they must they may be like more tension in the house um and more arguments and fights um the law is a huge social institution as well so um a lot obviously families want justice for their kids um uh or their f- other family members and um it's very important for the law to handle this se- type of situation properly and give criminals the appropriate um 
punishment and help the victims uh, receive justice. And so if they make irrational decisions, they could impact families negatively because um, they could uh, aggravate the situation, anger people um, and such. Um, So that's all for this episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed this series um, and I hope you could use this as a resource um, for yourself if you've been in a similar situation. Um, Thank you.